All right. Sammy, you good now? Sammy's good. Sammy toweled off. He was sweating <laughs> buckets. From talking to Gritter. From talking to the great one. There is something different about it. I mean, you know, in our sport, he's he's the guy, right? He's the all-time great. Oh, so it's, it's it, there is a sense of royalty there, hockey royalty. And for like, me, like Bobby Orr before him, um, carries himself with uh, an air, you know, a level of respect and class and dignity that's uh, always uh, just a few guys that made me nervous being around, and it didn't matter whether I was like. 18 or 28 or yeah. 32 at the end of my career, 33. Wayne, Mario, Mess, but Mess I got to know as a teammate. So then, you know, it just right. kind of that, that nervousness drops when you, when you know you could just be yourself, right? Goofy is all. But outside of that. I'm still not there with Wayne. We got, I got through two questions. It was fine. Well, you got the stick. Where is the stick right now? It's so, actually uh, in BC, so don't come rob my house. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put it in a case or anything? Yeah, or it's a, it's a somewhere in, in Kelowna. I'm not, I'm not saying. It is a, I wish probably I would have should have collected a little bit more here and there. Uh, yeah, I respect all these NBA guys, you know, doing the jersey swaps and all that. Like, that's cool, cool stuff to have after your career. Ask Jen how much she collected got over the years. Jennifer Botterell, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you guys today? We're good. Where do we find you? We're on your busy schedule with Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet. Well, I am just outside the studio, so I am parked outside waiting to head in for Wednesday night hockey. Oh, man, we should have had you actually yeah. come into the studio for this. Um, well, I didn't know timing-wise with traffic, so I oh, literally yeah. just, just pulled up. <laughs> All good. Do, do you have uh, you know much memorabilia from your hockey co- playing days? I have a little bit. My parents have been very helpful as well with uh, with some of, of the stuff. But I know Hockey Canada was often great with, with making sure that we would get special jerseys or, or things that meant a lot to us. So it, it's certainly nice to have some of it. Why, do you guys have a lot? No, we just had Wayne Gretzky on. I have a, a Wayne Gretzky yep. stick, which is basically my sole, uh, sole item from the collection, but I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, and I, was, I, was, I was too worried about not getting set to the minors to collect stuff. <laughs> Jen. <laughs> not a good luck. No, not a good luck. Can I have this before I get sent down, please? <laughs> just, uh, Jen, why don't we just start with the Leafs? They're they're in uh, L.A. tonight, uh, the first of three in, in California. And just, you know, you've, you've covered them uh, as mm-hmm. much as anyone, just in terms of where their game is overall for, for their next challenges, in your opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, overall... They, they really seem to have come together well. And, and I really appreciate some of the comments they've made about discussions they're having in the locker room to make sure that they're playing the right way, you know, playing strong in the, in the third period. I feel like a lot of their top players are, are playing a solid game at both ends of the ice. You know, when you're, you're talking about Matthews coming back and having a lot of turnovers on the back check or playing strong and physical on the puck in the corner, uh, you know, and I think Riley's been great, you know, whether it was signing the contract that, that has him playing even a little more free and relaxed. So overall, and you see, you know, I mean, it's like Simmons and Spets are still getting chances and working away. So overall, I would say it's just the, the level of dedication that this group does seem to be determined to make adjustments, 
Um, but to make sure in close games or towards the end, end of the game that they're making smart decisions, good puck management, um, to make sure they're putting themselves in the best position to be successful. And a lot of this season will end up being sort of a, uh, I guess, a tryout for what, what their eventual playoff team will be. You know, the lack of playoff success in the past obviously looms over what's been a very good start to the season overall. Is there any concerns for you with this lineup, the way it's constructed? Anything you think that they may need to add or shore up by the time they, they expect to improve upon a another first-round elimination, I guess? You're right. Well, of course. I mean, they, they've, they've had a great uh, run lately with, with success in the games, but I think really the only evaluation from fans will be their success in the playoffs. But, I mean, this is a team that recognizes that, but I also feel like they're trying to take the right steps so that they are as prepared as they possibly can be uh, come playoff time. You know, it's just figuring out that, that element of, of physicality for them to, to take pride in the offense. But when it comes to playoff time, uh, for them making sure that they're playing well in the defensive zone. So those, those two elements of, of being able to play physically and take a hit or deliver a hit when they need to in those, in those um, crunch playoff games, uh, but but it's also something they can't dwell on it every single day, right? It's figuring out, okay, how do we prepare? And then ultimately, yes, their season will be judged based uh, on playoff time. Part of your gig on Saturday nights is the West Coast games as well, Jennifer. And just um, when you when you go from East to West, uh, judging by what the Leafs were able to do during the regular season last year, uh, albeit uh, a first-round knockout uh, by Montreal, the sense was that the Leafs were the team uh, coming into this season, and yet, as Calgary and Edmonton, literally, you know, in the, besides the standings, jumped over them in terms of now favorites coming out of Canada. We'll say favorites should be it should line up for for an exciting rest of the season, but Calgary, uh, yeah, I mean, both of them, right? Edmonton certainly has the, the star power. Um, you know, Drysaddle and McDavid have, have been delivering so consistently with <laughs> an amazing highlight reel goals. But Calgary might be one of, if not the best surprise story of, of the league, of, of how well they're doing, of how strong Shillington's been, Markstrom and his shutouts, uh, and then Mangiapane and his scoring capacity. So certainly a lot for uh, fans out West uh, to be cheering for with, with their potential. And when we're having those playoff discussions, right, in terms of how you want to play for playoff hockey, if you look at Calgary and Sutter's approach, uh, and you've seen sort of the uh, Monaghan reestablish himself, you know, these guys that have adapted to how Sutter wants them to play, uh, if you're talking playoff discussions, right, that's, that's sort of a, a style that has the potential to be successful come playoff time. Yeah, they've been really good. It's been been a lot of fun to see them, and I expected better mm-hmm. last year. So, also obviously, a great start this season. The you know we've touched on three teams there that have you know, had nice starts in Toronto and uh, the two Alberta teams. The the Canucks mm-hmm. a little bit farther west, obviously, have been quite a disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. You know what have you made from that Canucks team? I, you know I, I don't know if I'm on an island here, but they have so much talent. It's tough to call them a bad team, but uh, obviously the record disagrees with that. W- what are your thoughts on where the Canucks are at? Yes, it's uh, it's been a, a tough start to the season. And the same thing, when you look at their roster, you do think that they have so many talented players that, that can control the puck, that can create um, offensive plays, that, that really have great vision on the ice too, but they just haven't been able to, to bring it together. And, 
it's it's finding the balance for them. Of course, for them, they want to win games. They want to win hockey games. But when you're struggling and you're not getting the results that you want, for those guys and that team to think, well, what are some of the things that we need to build upon to find some success? And and whether it's making adjustments, for what the solution is for them uh, to try to get better results and for them having having pride in that situation, that organization, they had much higher expectations coming into this season. So for all of those guys that are playing, for the staff, that for all of them, it's, it's disappointing, but they can't linger in the frustration of the disappointment. It's just figuring, okay, take it one step at a time. What are they going to do for the next period, the next shift that they have um, to try to be a part of that turnaround? And, and for them, it's also decision-making. Like, if you look at the last week and a half, they've had some good moments in games, but the inability to close out, to be disciplined when they need to, uh, but just making good decisions and figuring out what are some of these strengths that we need to build upon? We've got the talent, but, but how do we figure that out together to, to focus on one step at a time to turn this season around for them? Okay, Jen, the Olympic jerseys. Don't hold back. <laughs> Tell us how you really, really feel. Olympic jerseys are always um, it's very special for me right Olympic memories certainly my experiences that that the uh, let me just think about that moment when you have the chance to put on that jersey that's very special I think it took a little bit for me to to uh, first they're different they're different but I think you know the you can't always have the same thing so they're trying to you know you got to be creative and and find a look and I'm sure every single athlete that has the chance to wear them will wear them with great pride and and that's it it's finding creativity and 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 new looks for the team the white ones seem to be okay jb well they're white and red (laughs) pretty safe yeah i don't know sometimes we overthink it a a little bit i know i think it just takes some time for it to grow on us i feel like they're different than what we've seen in the past which takes takes a little adjusting but maybe they'll look slick and, and amazing when they're out there playing 11 games. Is it 11 tonight? Busy night. Yes, it is. It's a big night. Lots of fun action to cover. And we will be watching, Jennifer. Thank you so much for doing this. Pleasure. Always nice to chat with you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer, Jennifer. Bottero. Yeah, you know. She's so she, polite. She, she didn't want to tear in the jersey. I know, skipper. I know. She's, she's far too positive uh, for, we'll do the negative stuff. Oh, it's an awful jersey, the black one. <laughs> Just terrible. And yeah, you, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy get in here, bud. What, those, those black ones are an atrocity. Is, 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 is that a maple leaf in front of it, too? Ish. It's the uh, Huawei logo. Oh, it, it, looks like, it looks really... like the Shell Canada logo. Is it oh. Shell? Or... No, it's just, it's, okay. Is it an... I'm a passionate jersey guy. I love jerseys. I'm obsessed with jerseys. You're going not, you're you're not buying jersey, that one, jersey, are you? No, I'm going, I, no. Going back to my days in living in Own Sound when all these different junior hockey teams would come in and I'd see the new ones, and it was just like an obsession of mine. I've always loved jerseys. I've bought a lot of questionable jerseys. I wouldn't even consider looking at this jersey to buy it. It's so bad. I, I, don't, know why Nike, I, don't, know why, I don't know why Nike thinks that Team Canada is like the Oregon Ducks. It's like, we got to reinvent the wheel here. We got to try something new. It's like, it's Team Canada hockey. It's one of the most prestigious important jerseys it's awful you should not be able to screw this up well it's essentially make the leafs jersey make it red and white and put the the leaf on it they had the perfect they've had the the perfect the thing is they can't put the hockey canada logo on it for the olympics right Right, because it's because it's the ioc it's an organization they think it's promoting or whatever okay 
So that was the last time they did that was in 2002, which was the perfect hockey jersey. The just the white with the red, like the mm-hmm. perfect jersey, the one that Mary Lemieux that one when they won for the first time in 50 years, perfect jersey. 2010, unbelievable. They should never have changed it from 2010. It's perfect jersey, just has Canada on it. It's got normal stripes. It's a normal jersey. It's got a Canada leaf on it. Here's the problem: no one will but buy, buy a new, it. I know. No one's going to buy it. But new guess one. what? I guess people will buy the new one, right? I guess they'll they'll sell enough that it's worth it. But it's just so upsetting to me. Like, there's a chance that Connor McDavid and you know. Sidney Crosby are going to be playing their first hockey game together, sharing the ice in this great Canadian momentous sporting moment, and they're going to be wearing, you know, giant tiger Walmart chic out there. <laughs> it's so upsetting. I, I I know I shouldn't be this upset about it, but I am truly crushed. They, they shouldn't go. They shouldn't. Honestly, I would prefer them not to go with those of the jerseys. <laughs> Is this related to the jerseys or unrelated to the jerseys? I, I will say USA put out a... You know, a dog do jersey as well. So it makes me feel a little bit better. Finland. Finland's amazing. Finland has a great jersey. But they've always had great jerseys. I've I've loved, I've always loved Finland's jerseys. I love the Sweden jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. And USA has had great ones too. Like the, you know. Such classic colors, you know. Like like the white, the blue shoulders, the USA down the chest. Like I always fear them when they wear those jerseys. It's just like, and then they put out these, it's Oregon Ducks. They're trying to make everybody the Oregon Ducks. Thanks, Nike. He's got this quest to not have shoulder caps, right? Like the actual color on the shoulders. And that, that to me, completes the jersey. Otherwise, it's a practice I'm a huge Nike guy, by the way. I wear Nike all the time. I have a Nike hockey sweater on right now. So I don't want to disparage the good name of Nike. But when it comes to these jerseys, upsetting. I'm upset. And do you care about this one, Kipper? You care about this one. I'm stunned, by the way, because... I don't... Yeah, I'm with you on the... The maple leaf in the crest. It just doesn't look right to me. No. I agree. It's but it's just funny, you know, you yesterday you were all over the you like the New Jersey. Yeah, because Jersey, they're trying Jersey. something new on the New Jersey Devils in the NHL. Like, sure, who cares? Like, <laughs> great. It's the Devils. That, this is team yeah. F in Canada. I almost yeah. I almost dropped the net. And you're not there. you're not gonna have to stare at the jerseys jersey for like three weeks straight. Yeah. Just, yeah. That that's I it just I like. I, How about this? How I like whites. Whites are okay. Whites what are passable. What about Canada's mustard jerseys that they wore? The one uh, that was 2002 as well. They had a couple it, alternates. They how had. Do you, how do you remember all of that? I, I know. I'm actually. I'm I googling it as he's talking. I, I own feel one like of those. Our listeners, this I own is one not of those. a uh, cohesive. I, I own one of those. The mustard ones. But I bought it when I worked at Sport Check for like 60 percent off. It was Just nothing. But high out of your and mind. you ate a lot of hot dogs <laughs> with it and <laughs> spilt mustard on it. Nobody noticed. Our comments were kind of tied to the same being stoned and. No, not true. But I. Like I'll come, you can come here for sports fashion at any time. I can give you any take on any jersey, but I am truly upset by this. Truly, I appreciate the passion. Sorry, guys, just crushed. Did we like enough to ruin your day because we had I, Wayne Gretzky? Listen, that was a thrill. Getting one, to talk to Wayne on the phone, even up, for two down. minutes, was a thrill. And yeah. I thought, I thought it was great. Yeah, he he told me make sure I I, I thank Stan for him. <laughs> Thanks to Stanny. Oh, Stanny. <laughs> Stan McKee. Good Canadian handle. Oh, man. You can't see. Stanny. <laughs> it doesn't even sound <laughs> right. Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, no. He knows it's Sammy. Yeah, that's awesome. And we got more Sammy and would, JB. I don't think Wayne would be thrilled putting on that jersey. You should ask him about the jersey. He yeah. wouldn't be happy putting that thing on. He would never disparage a kid. No, he'd be like, it's great. Item. Yeah, he yeah. loves it. So, anyways, we can go to break. I'm just I'm oh, so sour. Gretz is like, Jen, everything's positive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll take a quick break. Mike McKenna, daily face-off hockey analyst. After the break, we'll get into Jack Campbell and... How many games is he scheduled right now this season to play? 
JB over 60. Yeah. That was not in the brochure at the beginning of the season. We'll talk about that and so much more on Real Kipper and Born after the break. Welcome back to Real Kipper and Born. Me and St. Nicholas over here awaiting Mike McKenna, um, you know, daily face-off hockey analyst, retired NHL, AHL, ECHL goaltender, the ECHL part far less so. Um, you know, fascinating career. It's a guy who's, uh, whose hockey DB page is as interesting as anyone's out there. If you get the chance to take a look, he played on. Played on a couple of teams, Kipper. Um, you know, if, if you in the American League, I think we, we counted on his page Touched eight NHL teams, and I'm going to say more AHL teams than that. So, uh, Mike, uh, are you there with us now? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for having me. He was going to go through your DB page, but I said we only have uh, 40 minutes left in the show. <laughs> yeah, we can't blow. Th- guys, like, I'm not, there's not enough time in the world for that, man. Let's, if we want to talk two teams that I played for, fine, but not 24. <laughs> Is that what it's been? How are you? Something like that. I'm doing great, Kipper. How about yourself? Yeah, good we're good. Voice. Yeah, we had Mike on a couple of times with uh, Real Kipper at noon, uh, uh, and oh, we had nice. a lot of fun. Uh, you know what? Uh, with your perspective of what uh, AHL, NHL, ECHL, man, there's nobody better to get a goaltender perspective, man. The views that you've seen in various leagues, I love it. You know, it's funny as when I watch, I, my family's gotten really into wrestling of all things. Okay. WWE and AEW. And we watch these, these shows. And I realize I know exactly where they are because I've seen the underbelly of every one of these arenas. And it's crazy, <laughs> man. Whether, whether it's American league, ECHL college, NHL, it's like, I know exactly where they are by that loading dock. <laughs> so Mike, uh, I, was fortunate enough to play for one of the most historic uh, franchises in AHL history in Hershey. And I would race on an off night if I could at Hershey Park Arena to go watch at the time WWF with Hulk and oh, Andre wow. the Giant. Oh, man. And, and I would get access underneath because I'd, I'd pretend I'm going to the dressing room. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going, I'm going to see Andre the giant. And they were all back there and they're playing cards and they're, uh, he's drinking wine. Pre-fight? Oh yeah. No, pre, well, during, after, it didn't matter. And it was a sight to see all these heroes that I've been watching on Saturday night on NBC. Uh, Remember that? Or you guys are too uh, young for that. But they would be on every Saturday night. And uh, it was a junior thing for us to watch this thing. But to watch the wrestlers underneath, all your heroes, all together, getting along, uh, working on a few moves, it it was a sight to see. It's a fun thing to watch, man. It's it, those guys are such good athletes, you know, and it's, it's weird how my family's kind of bonded over this. It's I'm glad it's back to being kind of PG PG 13 for a while. It veered off into really R rated territory and I've got five and eight year old daughters and I don't think I would have been up for that, but I tell you what, the Royal rumbles coming to St. Louis where my hometown is in late January. We got tickets. We can't wait. We're excited for it. You know, it's, it's the one thing other than hockey that 
during the season I, I get to watch. So it's fun. But we're not here to talk wrestling. No, I suspect no, we're here no, to talk no. hockey. What gonna, do you my, think? I got a beautiful segue. One of the biggest wrestling fans I know is Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas has put together a hockey team here uh, in Toronto uh, that has Jack Campbell in net, and he is a fascinating goaltender to watch uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, one of them is that his contract is up and he's playing exceptionally well for the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. What are your thoughts on, on his season so far and the workload? It looks like he's going to be asked to endure after a career of never really facing, you know, he, he may play 60 games this season. Uh, it's incredible to see. I mean, I think we're all a little bit aware of the progression of Jack Campbell, you know, essentially written off by the Dallas stars, go to the, the Kings on a, for a song, you know, and, and retools his game there. And, and I don't think Campbell coming out of junior hockey, and of course, playing for the Sioux Greyhounds where he had a relationship with Kyle Dubas previously. I don't think he was handled properly by the Dallas stars at the time. They didn't give him the support to develop in the American league, the coaching that was needed at the minor league levels. And he floundered and it took him a while to find himself. And this is really, you know, more or less the fourth year of his NHL career. And he keeps getting better. I thought there would be a regression. There was a little bit the second year in LA, but he gets the trade to Toronto and it's like it rejuvenate him. And I look at the work he's doing now with Steve Breer, the goalie coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think that Jack Campbell is at a place now where he's letting the play come to him. He's not attacking the play anymore. He's, he's always got both knees together. He's not getting spread. He looks very calm in the net. And I don't mean from the mental perspective. I mean, when you watch him play, there's not a lot of extraneous movement and it's not just his traditional numbers. I mean, he's got a 944 save percentage, but if you go to any of the advanced analytics sites, whether it's money puck or clear site, his advanced numbers, goal saved above expected, they're all sitting top three in the league. And I'm honestly, guys, I'm, I'm shocked that he's at this level. Uh, in the best way possible, because I love his attitude. I love how he talks after games. And, and I think that he understands the gravity of playing in Toronto and he's been able to find a way to thrive on it. So Mike, all, all, all three of us have, have played at a high level and we've been around the game long enough that sometimes it just feels like you're in the right place at the right time. And that, that doesn't hit everybody. Um, mm -hmm. but, but it has for Jack Campbell uh, at age 30, and good on him because it does appear like he's he's going to hit pay dirt here. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna hit the one contract that he's never been able to to get in ten years. And yeah, maybe it was the wrong place at the wrong time when you when you look at Dallas or even L.A. to a certain extent. But and then how much is it on him, just in terms of that that mental part of the game that you guys as goaltenders have to get through and overcome because we've seen small snippets in his tenure with the Toronto Maple Leafs where he's been very hard on himself. And I'm just mm -hmm. wondering how many times in the last 10 years was he very hard on himself and he was not able to, to, to catapult it like he has now in Toronto. I think it's a really good observation, Kipper, and that's been something that's been talked about with Jack, and he's admitted to it before that he just beats himself up. And I know from being around people that were near him in Dallas, that was the hardest part. He just beat himself up because there were such big expectations. You know, he was a high draft pick, first rounder, 11th overall, playing on the U.S. national team as a kid. Like, and then you don't make it by the time you're 23, 24, and it starts to spiral. Uh, I think that's going to be the hardest part, and you see it come out 
in playoffs. How can Jack Campbell handle playoffs when inevitably the team goes sideways? Last season, I thought he had a great playoff. The problem was that he allowed one bad goal in the last game in Game 7, and that's what everybody will remember, and you'll hang your hat on it. My hope is that he can look past that and think, you know what? Bad goals are going to happen. It's coming up in the big moment, making sure I make the save I can. I think with all the experience he's gained and really, like you guys said, kind of being his first year carrying the mail in the league, there's some gravity to that. You start to get some juice. You start to really believe. You know you can do it. And that's where you hope it happens, you know? But ultimately, guys, it's just going to, everything's going to be way when it comes to playoff time. Not just for Campbell, the whole Leafs team. It's what happens in playoffs. But I think Campbell's in the best position of his career for him to succeed at that. And Kipper, like you said, man, like this is a guy who's got a big contract coming too. You know he's hungry for it. I mean, he's probably going to be, what, three, five years, guys, five, six mil? I mean, that seems reasonable. You know what I mean? So there's a lot on the plate for Campbell here. There is for sure. You know, and one thing that I'm curious about is aging, aging curves for goaltenders in general. I'm looking at the, you know, I, I just sorted the uh, the league goaltenders by save percentage among guys who've played like eight games. And it's behind Campbell. It's Markstrom, Reimer, Quick, Anderson, Bobrovsky. I think I, I named a bunch of guys that are 30 and up there. Um, what are your thoughts in, in, in your own experience about aging as a goaltender, uh, the factors of experience and bodily wear and how, how that changes from person to person? Ironically for me, I think I played my best hockey in my 30s. And I don't think that's uncommon for goaltenders, but you've got to be able to find a comfort level for it first. And I'll be the first to tell you, and and I say this all the time when I'm coaching kids, be, and I'm going to refer to myself in the third person here, which by the way is super like egotistical, (laughs) but I always tell them, don't be Mike McKenna in the NHL, be Mike McKenna in the American League. Okay. And that's what my MO was great. American league goalie. Well, who knows what you can do in the NHL? Well, I believed in myself in the A in the NHL. I just was never sure, man. I never really had that chance and the juice behind me. And part of that's on me, man. I didn't just fake it until I could make it. And I think that any goaltender, when you find your happy place, you've got to be able to ride that and believe in it. And I think for goalies, a lot of times you might be looking mid twenties to even 30 years old before you hit that. And for someone like Campbell, because he was delayed coming into the NHL, that's why I think he still has runway. I think if you take a goalie that's been in the NHL since they were 23 or 4 and you start talking about them in their late 20s, that's who they are. That's that's defined. They're ready. That's who they can be. But Campbell, to me, still has that. He still has a little bit more, I think, and you're really seeing it play now. He looks so comfortable, man. Like, he's not reaching for pucks. Uh, like I say, it's just it's coming to him. And he's like, Toronto's playing well in front of him but he's playing even better than that defense. He really has been carrying that team. I think he's a legit Vezina trophy candidate this year. Just for the record, Kipper agrees with you. (laughs) (laughs) The the real Kipper. Kipper Kipper agrees with you. Okay. We're we're all going third person now. Hey, um, here's another goaltending question I got to ask you because Peter Morazic is on the ice and he will get back in the mix soon enough here. And just... The thought that maybe he's the attitude coming in now, uh, 3.8 over three years was not to take a backup role to a potential Vesno winner here. Mm-hmm. How, how much of a, a concern could this be for Sheldon or the management that uh, the vibe continues when Mrazek comes back? Well, if you're going on past history, because that's what we have, there has to be concern. When he was in Detroit, there was an air of petulance. 
And, I mean, he came in, he wins a Calder Cup in his first year, and suddenly it's, I'm in the NHL or I'm not here. What am I not doing in the NHL? Mm. And, you know, you, you always wonder, like, has that crept? Has that kept up with him? And he's been in the league for so long since then. I would hope that's not the case. But, you know, is this somebody that you can really trust like that? You know, like, I'm not sure where Peter Mrazek's head is with it. He's always hurt, though, and that's the biggest problem. Is like, even if this guy comes back, it's like, man, you still got to pr- prove yourself and get in the net and go. And that's where it's going to be tough because Campbell's got the net, period. But then again, you only want Campbell playing probably two out of every three games, maybe three out of every four. You need Mrazek still. So I would I would assume in that Mrazek has gotten that side of his personality to the point where it needs to be, that he understands the aspect. He played for Rod Brindamore for three years, guys. Like, you, you, you got to pick up something there. Um, but I think there's a real worry with that because he's going to want more. I mean, he's not going to want to take a back seat to, to Jack Campbell. And he's also, you know, Going forward, I don't think the Leafs are going to want to spend $10 million on goalies. You can't do that with their cap hell. So um, I think it's real. But I, I hope that he gets through this season and just whatever it is sorts itself off by the end of the year once, the, once they either win it all or they're out of playoffs. What, what's the big difference between playing, being the guy and playing over and over and over? I understand you'd be more tired. I get that. But, like, do you notice a big uh, difference in terms of the ability to feel the flow of the game as a goaltender? Just wondering the difference between being a guy who splits games versus a, a true number one, which I think is a fair debate to have in the NHL, which way you want to do it after Vasilevsky's won a couple Stanley Cups in a row here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Vasilevsky started to become outside the big bell curve of goaltenders. We're going to tandems across the league. That's really the way it's moving. Um, I, I think that for myself, when I was playing and just crushing minutes left and right, eating them, I just went out and played. You know, I didn't have mm-hmm. to overanalyze. I didn't have to worry about breaking down every second of video. There'd be days I'd just walk to the rink and be like, all right, well, we're playing today. Okay, put the gear on. Let's go. And, and there's a real comfort level of that. You know, if you're just focusing on that start two weeks away, you can overdo it. You know, you can you can get yourself into this mental warp stream where you think, like, I got to come out and shut them out. I've got to perform. I've got to live up to my contract. And realistically, you just got to go be yourself. Um, I, I thought that just playing games night in and night out was easier. I don't think I ever truly felt tired or worn out. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I had the juice to play, but that part of that's just ego, man. Like I wanted to play every minute, every game. I didn't want nights off. It was nice to get it every once in a while, but man, I would have trotted out for a full 82. <laughs> and so, um, I, I think you're really just the mental aspect of playing night in night out is what makes it so much simpler for a goalie. You just go out and literally like going to do your job. That's what you're doing. You don't have to overthink. Mike, take us around the league a little bit here in terms of uh, uh, goaltenders. Uh, we were talking earlier on the show about uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I said I'd, I'd be surprised if he ends at a Chicago Blackhawk at the end of the season. If mm. if someone can fit him in, i.e. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, what, what contending team right now uh, – would you have goaltending concerns on or question marks? Would it be Edmonton? Would it be even Colorado with Kempner? Mm-hmm. Well, I think to, to go to the first part, Marc-Andre Fleury, I think is really going to drive the boat on if he wants to be moved. It was a big deal to get him to come to Chicago to get his family situated. I know there is, I know Chicago has been better, but that still hasn't been great. That, that team five on five is just putrid and it doesn't look like it's a lot of fun to play behind. So I'm not sure where Marc-Andre's head's going to be, again, in terms of his family. But, man, 
Edmonton's enticing if that's a team that's coming for you. You know, like I, I keep hoping that Stuart Skinner can grab the net and make a run with it because I like his attitude. I like his progression from the American League seeing him last year and how he's performed now coming up. But it's such a small sample size. You can't rely on that if you're the Edmonton Oilers. You know, you need some clout. So I think they're a team that's definitely going to look to upgrade. I think Colorado's probably ride or die with Kemper. I, I would expect that to stay because I'm not sure who you can get in a uh, a tooth, you know, a number two, a one and B role who's really going to supplant there. I wish they still had Pavel Francois available. I think he's excellent, but he's been hurt for two years, it feels like. Uh, and I think you can look at Pittsburgh. You know, this is a team that's, to me, they're just not quite there in terms of goal. You know, I mean, they're in playoffs right now, but don't they look better? with an upgrade over yeah. and minimum dismith. Jari's you know, Jari's week, been up and down. Like, I don't know. We all see that fairy tale story about Pittsburgh and Mark Andre. And I think we all want to mm. see that happen. Um, but those are the two teams I'm kind of looking at thinking like, they're going to, they're going to make moves here. So they're going to try at least if you can pull it off in this world. I don't know, but I think Edmonton and Pittsburgh are the two to watch. So one of the common debates we've had on this show is looking at Team Canada's goaltending situation. I'll break it down for you in a, mm-hmm. in a moment here. It ain't good. It ain't good. Uh, you know, we're not sure what uh, Carey Price's situation will be, so we won't discuss him. We'll assume that he's not available. The other five guys that uh, are shortlisted are, are shortlisted are Mark Andre Fleury, Carter Hart, Jordan Bennington, Darcy Kemper, and Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, what do you think we should do as a country? We're worried. <laughs> you're worried you guys no canada's worried about goaltenders I no know. way oh man well you know what i i i really like i like bennington a lot i don't know if his sharp end is as high as mark andre Fleury's. sure but i like him a lot and i think he's steady and i do worry about plucking somebody like Fleury from such a bad team in chicago you know, I think you need to be riding a wave of some mega confidence going into these tournaments. And I, I that's where I see Bennington fitting that role real nicely. I know he's, he may not be the guy that everybody gets excited about, but you can win with him. I mean, I think Carter Hart's had a nice year as well. I mean, he's done stuff on the big stage before. And so I, I think those two are sure bets, but man, like, I think we're all kind of looking and thinking, Darcy Kemper, man, get it in gear here, dude. Like mm. you're the guy who's supposed to be in the net. He really is to me right now. If we're discounting Carey Price, Kemper's the guy that should be there, and he's been okay for Colorado. So, um, I'd be honest with you, man. I'm not sure what direction they're going to go. I, I think you've got choices there that are good enough to win, and that team should be an absolute wheelhouse in front of them. Um, but it's going to be tough, man, to figure out who's a starter here because they're all kind of in the same ballpark. Like nobody's really taken it and run, you know. Like it's interesting. The U.S. has great goaltending. It looks like. Oh, right I now. know. So I'm I'm happy. <laughs> Mike, uh, a year and a half ago, it was so Carter Hart, and even last week, and I know he's it's he's been okay and really mm-hmm. good at times this year. But uh, last week, I saw. Stamco score a goal from the goal line. Yeah. Uh, they went to a shootout. You, you can almost see because of that goal that Stamco scored late off the goal line that he was done in the shootout. He, he's, he gives up the first two goals. The shootout's over. They lose to Tampa Bay. And 
He, he just he hasn't bounced back since then. I think they lost uh, last night four nothing to Tampa Bay. I, I believe he was in net. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, mean, it was Tampa. Th- there's yeah. there's there's still a guy that has shown that he's he's lost it to the point where they sent him down, and I, I just. It's an ongoing battle, and I I even go back to Cam Ward uh, when he won the Stanley Cup with Carolina, and success really early for goaltenders isn't necessarily a sign that uh, they're just you know gravy days ahead. Mm-hmm. It's such a it's almost as if you you wanted you'd rather see a goaltender slowly progress to being great when he's. I don't know, 29, 31, 32. I don't know what you consider the wheelhouse of of the mm-hmm. prime for a goaltender, but, man, early success can mess you up sometimes. <laughs> well, and the flip side to that is that nobody's got the patience to wait until you're 29 if you're a draft right. and you come out at 21. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you got to find your own way. I will say this about Hart, and I totally agree with you, Kipper. I've watched his games, and I felt like he looked hesitant against Tampa. And that concerns me because that's obviously the Stanley cup champions. And those are the games where you want to see a goalie just dominate. And I mean, like just grab the bull, right? Confidence, snapping the glove, making saves, giving stares. Uh, That's part of the reason why I like Bennington so much, man. Like he, he knows the emotional level to it. And sometimes I want to see that from heart. I want to see him get engaged. I want to see him slash somebody. I want to see him, you know, take like, come out and do something I don't expect. Poke check a guy. He's a very, very technical goaltender and he's had it drilled into him from a young age. And you know, when you're like that type of goaltender, you always revert back to what you've had success with, but to truly be an elite goalie in the NHL, you got to have a mental creativity to you. And I'm not sure that Hart has developed that quite yet. I still believe in him. I think he's got even more ways to go. And you know what? His advanced numbers are good this year, guys. Like his mm-hmm. goal saved above expected. He's sitting right there with Bobrovsky, Campbell, Shostak, and Markstrom. So, I, I do think there's more. But Kipper, man, I do totally see what you're seeing in the same way. In those big moments against the top teams, he shrunk a little bit. That's where you want to see Carter Hart really, really grab hold of that role. For sure. All right, uh, last one for me here. Uh, I'm and I say last one because it's not a question. I'm just going to say something. Um, the three best goalies in the NHL are Andre Vasilevsky, Connor Hellebuck, and Igor Shosturkin. <sighs> well, you right? know what? I'll tell you this. <laughs> here's here's where I'm going to. I'm going to, well, I, first off, I don't disagree with you here. I think that's a really good smattering of goalies. Uh, I don't think Vasilevsky has been at the top this year. I think he's trending there again. I think Igor Shosturkin, when I'm teaching goalies, when I'm doing goalie coaching, that's the guy I pull clips from at this point, the way he skates and how controlled he is, the way his body rotates, how he always brings his back leg, how he uses his posts, his bumpers, how he plays within the posts, how he handles the puck. Like, guys, this guy pushed Hank out of New York City. Like, really? And for a reason. And he's outplaying Georgiev by a long shot. Georgiev's somebody who had some clout to him as well. Shosturkin's sick. And I think if the Rangers stay where they're at, this guy could win a Vesna. 100%. I like him. And Hellebuck's trending up as well. He didn't start off very well either. I think he's top three, um, if not top five. You know, we really start to split hairs, but... I think the one guy that's always perennially under the radar 
to me is UC Soros. UC Soros should have been a Vezina finalist last year, and he, he's doing it again in Nashville this year. He's carrying that team. So, man, we could debate that all day long. I like your picks, um, but, man, Shostyurkin for me, that guy is just the pro. He's the archetype at this point, man. That's the guy I wish I could have played like. Agree with you on, on Tampa Bay and Vasilevsky, but I also think that I, I don't care what 11 and 4 and 3 looks like for Tampa Bay in, in the standings. They're, they're not out of second gear still for me. Yeah. They got that. <laughs> That's they, true. They've got, <laughs> I that, agree. That, that team has been average for me, even with that record and points out of the lineup now for another four to six weeks. So this is going to be a team that just kind of lies a little low in the weeds and watch them come March and April again. So from one of the best in the Stanley cup champions to uh, one of the worst, I, I want to get your opinion on Seattle and their goaltending and Grubauer. Um, some really bad numbers there. Mm-hmm. And I well, just, I want I just want to go back, Mike, and just their decision. And it just seemed to me like it was just kind of out of nowhere that they were just going to throw Grubauer, you know, 6 million bucks. And I don't know if this was like a, a last ditch effort to show everybody that we can be like Vegas and compete right away, but I didn't like it from day one. I think that with Grubauer, you're especially looking at it like, yeah, we need our number one goalie. We want to be like Vegas. We need a Vezina finalist, which he had that tag on him. But I, I wasn't as negative about that contract because it fell in line with a lot of top end deals at the time for goalies that had had that legacy to him and his numbers like Grubauer had never been below like a 920 in the league save percentage and so you know I looked at that I looked at his advanced numbers which were okay and I just thought all right this is kind of a normal contract for a top end goalie the term is what got me though I didn't like the term on it because they're locked there and Grubauer has not been good I mean it's obviously his numbers show it but when you watch him play this isn't the Colorado Avalanche you know, they're not protecting the middle as well in the crack. And, and, and on the rush, Grubauer's just getting crushed. Like, he's allowing breakaway goals left and right. Like, he's not making the save that you need. But he's also playing in the white ice. He's forcing things. He's so far out of his net. Hmm. He's not giving himself a chance to ever get his feet set and get square. And he's getting beat by routine shots because of it. And, I mean, to me, he's a guy that's really got to take stock of what's going on around the league and see the guys that are having the most success are staying in the blue paint. They're letting the game come to them. They're not forcing the issue. And I think that comes with the territory of having that big contract of feeling like, all right, this is my team. I've got to carry them. I've got to go. I think he's trying too hard. And I can say that because I've been there. I I have tried too hard in the NHL and it didn't go well for me. And I can list all the things that I just did was what is what I see in him right now. And that, that lineup was never going to be as good as Vegas is no, coming never. out. And and, and, and uh, 31 other general managers made sure that this wasn't mm-hmm. George McPhee picking your pocket anymore. <laughs> the pressure that was on Ron Francis and the pressure on the other general managers to not leave them, themselves exposed like they did with George. And to your point, it put Grubauer in a tough position to come in and, and play hero in front of this lineup that, you know, still needs, you know, Mark Giordano at his age to play 23 minutes a night. It's just not, doesn't, doesn't bold well for his chances to save this team. 
No, no. And, and, you know, I, I think we all just, not all, cause I'm not going to lump myself in here. I feel like I was one of the only people that was that pumping the brakes on Seattle. Like I think so much of the hockey world looked at that team and thought Vegas 2.0 and it was rose colored glasses. They're going to be competitive. And, and like, dude, they just can't catch the mojo that Vegas caught. I'm telling you, like, it wasn't just the fact that Vegas got good players and McPhee and company raked other teams over the coals. That was just a special scenario, man. Like the, that connection with that city and everything that happened there was unique and that's not going on in Seattle. And I, I don't think it's a great place for a goalie to thrive right now. They aren't giving up a lot of shots though. So, you know, you kind of wait, like is Grubauer going to do it? I don't know if he can play himself out of it at this point. Like he's got to play, but he also can't go on the shelf for two weeks because Dreger's been hurt. You know, now he's back. He hasn't played great either. Doc Cord's waiting in the wings, but he's splitting time with a dual affiliate in the American Hockey League in Charlotte. Like, it's kind of a mess there for the goalies in the Kraken, and it's not really a place to be successful. God, this is the longest I've ever talked about goalies in my I life. Know. <laughs> well, we've I had a hundred questions. Oh, turning it into dark side, Kipper. That's enough. That's enough. We're not talking goaltenders again. We're gonna get. We may, met our quota for the Christmas. month. See you in December, Mike. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Oh, you know what? That bolts well for you, man. That's how good your uh, your stuff was today on goaltenders. I I let you do all the talking. Thanks for this, Mike. Yeah, thanks, man. Oh, anytime. That was fun. Thanks, guys. All Pleasure. Right. Mike McKenna, Daily Faceoff hockey analyst, and a guy that's been around the block. And man, like has a niche market cornered goaltending. There's like six people I trust to talk about on earth. He's number one. Where's Sammy? Sammy's working the phones. He's thanking Mike. Just taking more of his time. I think that's all. We did speak, I think yesterday about giving Jack Campbell a break on on the West coast here Mm -hmm. in California. And Sheldon did bring that up as well. That a a non back-to-back game. For Joseph Wall. Is it Wall? Wall. <laughs> wall. The no China knows. Wall. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, which, I, so I get. Which one is it? I, I get, you know, wanting to see, right? Let's see. It's if, Friday night. It's Friday night. Yeah, it's not. It's Friday night. All right. It's, it's 1030. You San, just, you San put, Jose Sharks. Yeah, get the win tonight, hopefully. You got some good mojo going. You just throw them in there, hope for the best, and then close out the road trip with a win against the Ducks with Campbell in that. That's what you do. What do you think of... Uh, if they lose tonight in L.A. Then I go to Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And if they lose in San Thank Jose, you. then so I go to Campbell. Let's find out what no. it looks like tonight if, after the game. Like, if they go... If they lose both these games, I think I would still consider Wall on Sunday night. Ooh. He's really? playing a lot, man. Like, yeah, he really that, is playing that would, a lot. That would... That would bleed. Uh, I'm tired, right? That would that would be a sign, regardless of Jack result. Campbell, if he loses tonight, and then you go back to him on Friday and he loses, yes, that's that's a cry for. Uh, yeah. I need a reset here. Yeah. That would that would put Wall right into play on Sunday. I, I thought it was interesting to hear McKenna make the note about Mrazek at the start of his career. Uh, you know, winning the Calder and then you know wanting to be in the NHL, and you know, I think his word was that you know a little bit of petulance at that time. You know, interesting that he has been someone who has been vocal about his, at least behind the scenes, his want for more with an organization. That's why I I brought it up because I I could see it. Uh, Absolutely. A guy signs, he commits almost $4 million for three years. He he wants to get back in. Mm -hmm. He wants to show everybody he's a a top goalie. And 
Like, I this don't... was sold as a competition. I'm sure when he saw himself yes, winning. Correct. I have no doubt that it was. Uh, this is up for grabs here. I'm, I, I got to go up against an unproven guy. Yeah. I've got more experience. I've played in the playoffs. I'm the guy that's going to be standing tall when this is all said and done. And it would not have been false advertising to say to him, look, if you come in here and you're a 920, 930 save percentage guy, you're going to play the bulk of the games. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's a fair position to put him in. Forget about physically how he is. Now it's where are you mentally? And think mm-hmm. about where he was mentally coming into training camp, thinking he's competing for that spot. And now it's taken away and he hasn't played. And now total different mindset here. Yeah. And he's watching. He's listening to us. He knows that the Leafs want to sign this guy real bad. He also is well aware that he's gone from a guy that the Leafs thought that they could get him on a, on a term with a three in it is now a five. Mm-hmm. Which means for him. Done. Yeah. Burger King Walker. <laughs> Thrill marks on his ass. What well if, done. It'd be pretty unbelievable and unfair to go to a place, never play, and all of a sudden find out you're gonna you're the guy to get traded. You're like, what just happened yeah. since but, I showed but, up? But, but nobody wants him right now. That's another thing that's gonna be battling for him. This guy's is stock even, is falling that far. He, he hasn't done anything no, yet. No, it's not it's not that it, it, it's not that his stock has fallen. It's the other one's gone way up. Mm-hmm. And you can't have two good stocks. <laughs> You got a salary stock <laughs> issue. Should talk to your financial advisor. We cannot have two of these. So he is now, it's all circumstantial for him. Yeah. But if anybody is thinking about needing a goaltender in the back half, I got to play. I got to get in there. You're going to buy some Joseph Wool penny stocks and see if I can shoot through the roof, see him take over the position this season? I'll buy a couple. Buy some wool stock, Sammy. Think he can do it? Uh, we can't hear you. You're, you're muted, my it's friend. It's all Jack right can now. Can you hear me? Gotcha. Oh, yeah. I'll buy one stock. Okay, one it's stock. all Jack. Hey, great show today. Great one on the, in the house. Hey, kind of got... <laughs> you kind of got harpooned there a little bit. By I, got, our, I got a little our, fired up in the our, first segment, our, but our, we recovered. Our power skating coach <laughs> there, our little Mitchy power skating coach, didn't like you giving all the credit to... Barb Underhill for Mitch's edges, but yeah. uh, that's okay. We Maybe moved on. We, we can share. There's enough sunshine for everybody. Happy days. Happy days. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're right back at it tomorrow. All the post-game comments on the LA Kings, Toronto Maple Leafs coming up tomorrow on Real Kipper and Born.